Today's guest is Olive Persimmon, author of The Coitus Chronicles. This is Olive's second book. She documents her journey to get her mojo back after her first book called Unintentionally Celibate, where she was unintentionally celibate for a number of years. And it was fun, uh, for a couple reasons, reading a book, but also speaking to Olive, because I am featured in the book. There's a character based on me. I met Olive during this time period and introduced her to some things that I hope helped her <laughs> on her journey. Olive and I actually used to host a show together about three years ago. Um, it was a Facebook Live show back when the Facebook Live was a new thing. We were working for this media company and had this Facebook Live show on dating called That Feeling When, which you probably can't even find if you search for. It doesn't exist anymore. It has been swallowed by the abyss of the internet. But it was fun catching up with Olive, uh, seeing about her writing journey, but also, I mean, obviously the content of her book was overcoming certain things in this area for life, overcoming certain shames, uh, developing confidence in certain areas, developing awareness. And I think um, even though Olive says over and over again that she's not an expert, I think her story is really powerful for helping people who are confused or feeling alone or frustrated with this area of their life. And yeah, it was fun catching up with her. Uh, also check out the book. The book is really good. I read it in like in two sittings. It's a very fun read. I think it's very useful. I, I felt moved, even though it was interesting because I, I knew Olive throughout the, I think, two-year period that the events take place. And I knew some of these events, but it was really interesting actually reading her experience, which I think you can only get from a book. That's why books are great. So enjoy this episode. This is episode 067, Olive Persimmon, The Coitus Chronicles. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, part of the Gotham Podcast Studio Network in New York, New York. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate it wherever you listen to podcasts. Alpha for seven. That's me. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you are tied now for most appearances on my podcast. With oh Omar Pani. Oh my God, I'm so lucky. Yeah. Omar Pani. <laughs> love that guy. Yeah. Um, so I loved your book. I really loved your book. I was I mean I was going to I was going to get it no matter what and read it no matter what but I really really enjoyed it. I read it like in like two sittings which I don't do with books a lot. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, so it's awesome. Um so uh I was going to ask you though. I was going I was interested in the character that resembles me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so funny cuz this morning I was in the shower and I was thinking to myself I'm like, "Oh, Ruan's going to read about himself." Uh-huh. And we're going to talk about it, and that'll be really funny. Yeah, so here we are. Yeah, so here we are. So what, what questions do you have? Uh, well, I guess the thing that jumped out was that you named me after another person I know. <laughs> like, if there's any like anything around that I, writing Oh, my process. God, I'm having a brain lapse of what your name in the book is. Okay, now this is so sad. I have to scroll through my own book. I'm scrolling through my own book. I see you I'm highlighted sure stuff. I'm sure they're... Oh, Yeah! <laughs> So Okay, yeah. So I named okay, so in the book, Ruan's name is Shang. Yeah. And Shang is actually a guy that we know. Yeah, yeah. He he filmed all right, so well I'll put this in the intro, but you and I used to host a show together mm -hmm. and the very first I guess it was kind of like a teaser clip, um, was filmed by Shang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so the question is, why did I change your name to Shang? Well, why'd you choose <laughs> Shang? Because I, I know you wrote another thing where my name was like Rohan or something. Yeah. And then, yeah. I, I didn't like the sound of that. I changed it to Shang um, because 
I don't know. I, well, I, you know, some, there's some logic to why I changed some names. This was one of those, I just, I didn't want to use your real name. I'm not allowed to use people's real names. So you're supposed to change the names. Oh, well, you had some people's real names, like your, your close friends. Yes, some, but, but for the most part, my editor was like, change everybody's name unless okay. you have permission to use their name. And is that just like in case of libel? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I didn't change my roommate's names. Mm-hmm. And I didn't change um, the British boy I hooked up with's name. Interesting. Because I thought he would never, ever know about it or read uh-huh. it. And he was, like, one of the first people to buy it. Oh, <laughs> but I didn't think he was ever going to know about it or read it. So uh-huh. I was like, I don't have to change his name. <laughs> um, and I was wrong. And actually, side tangent, I saw him a week ago. Okay. Came to the States to visit. And he was like, why don't you change my name? And I was like, I didn't think you were going to read it. And he was like, you should have changed my name. And I was like, part of it was, it was good alliteration, Ben the Brit. Yeah. He was like, you could have named me Bobby, Bobby the Brit. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah like, names. Oh, I was, was, he, was he upset? He was kind of teasing upset. He's yeah. like a, I don't think he wants his business out in the, I was like, no one's going to know it's you. Right. You guys don't have mutual friends or anything. No. Yeah. So it's safe. It's fine. He was like, but if I tell my friends and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. he did go on a date and he told, this is a huge side tangent, but he did go on a date and he told a girl he was in a book uh-huh. and she was like, oh, you're just making that up. That's not about you. That's some other Ben. Uh-huh. He's like, no, it is me. She didn't oh wait, him. Uh, I'm, I might be mixing up people, but you said pretty positive things about him for the most part. I said really nice things about him. Yeah, and like his anatomy. I think. Yeah. Okay. His chapter is literally called "The Most Beautiful Penis in the World." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know because like, right, so this is a thing with my book where I'm writing about people that I am or was close to, and not everything is positive. Not that I'm saying anything negative, but I'm t- telling what I actually thought about them. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I was like, oh, like you found a way to be truthful, but like pretty much say good things about everybody i i i have a pretty strict i don't want to say philosophy but um i really try you know i'm not making art to air my dirty laundry mm-hmm. right you gotta it's a it's an interesting balance of how do you how do you speak the truth but also not throw people you love under the bus mm-hmm. or even even people there are some people who like you don't love yeah. but maybe necessarily don't deserve it right have their dirty laundry aired and it's a, it's a really fine balance mm-hmm. and I'm not sure I'm like great at it but I do my best to really try not to you know create art that hurts people yeah and also tell the truth yeah well it sounds like the one relationship that might have gotten a, the right person he seemed to be cool or I don't know you're making faces now so I don't oh, know <laughs> I thought you're talking about Simon but I thought Simon, you were yeah. talking about Simon is my ex-boyfriend who gave me permission to write about him and I thought gotcha. that was really cool yeah, he's kind of like the the I don't know if you call it the thread or the bead. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. Cool. He the only one that I was like I don't give a shit with this. There are two people. Mm-hmm. The guy named Mateo, because mm-hmm. that guy is such a jerk. Okay. And then um, the guy who told me his company doesn't hire women because they're afraid of sexual harassment. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's two dudes. Anyway, who changed their names? Yeah. Yeah, okay. change their names. Anyway, Shang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to edit this? No, no, not at all. I didn't okay. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I needed a name. So I needed a new name for you. And I think I just was like, I thought, so our friend Shang, I shouldn't say our friend because I literally haven't seen him since that night. Uh-huh. Your friend Shang. Okay. 
was cool. He was like trendy, and it just seemed like a. Well, I I love it. I I was just curious. Like, yeah, it seemed like, like the right of all the names in the world. Someone we knew was like, oh, cool. Yeah. And you want to you want to know something too? Also, I thought it would be cool. Um, Shang is where's Shang from? China. Yeah, he's Chinese, right? Um, I just thought there's like an underrepresentation of like really sexy Chinese men. Oh, this yeah. is like a little bit true of like okay. Chinese men doing like sexy things, and so I thought that would be kind of cool. It's great. I you know I thought about that when I thought I haven't read all the Harry Potter books, but there's like Cho Chang, I think mm-hmm, her name mm-hmm. is, who's like Harry's big crush. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool that they like you know put an Asian name in a yeah. British book randomly. I yeah, I think there's underrepresentation in the sex positive community of mm-hmm. like really sexy like Chinese guys. So yeah. I thought I would make. Yeah, although I was, I, I mean, I, I, there might be other squirting lab people, but the one that I know happens to be Asian, and I think you changed his name to not Asian name. Oh no, his name wasn't his. His name isn't Asian anyway, but he just happens yeah. to be Asian. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Just, what did I? I don't even remember what I changed his name to. This is such a funny topic to start with because <laughs> I'm like, what did I name it? <laughs> I guess it's not the most important part. Well, of the some book. of it was like a fun inside joke. Like I changed, like so we know a guy named Shang, yeah. right? But some of it was totally arbitrary. I'm like what's a cool sexy name mm-hmm. or I'm like um I changed the name of the guy the guy there's the guy I really didn't like mm-hmm. named oh my gosh oh my gosh I can't remember my own freaking book I changed his name to a guy that I had um oh this is it a cuddling catastrophe. Yeah, it was called a Steve. Steve. So I named this guy after I had an ex-boyfriend who had a roommate named Steve. And Steve was the worst. It was interesting. Steve is kind of like an uncool name now. Sorry to all the Steves out there. <laughs> yeah. I think names, you know, they trend. But do you remember there's a movie called The Tao of Steve? It came out like in the early no. 2000s. It was all about, um, it was all about this guy who was really cool. And he was like, his philosophy was around like every... Steve in, in, in pop culture is cool, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Steve McQueen. But this is the early 2000s, and now I think Steve is kind of like a nerdy name. Yeah. It's funny how those shift. Even yeah. In time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> names. Steve's are I met a girl on the train once because she was talking about she really hated her boyfriend had this friend named Steve, and she really mm-hmm. hated him. She was like standing above me, and I was like, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I also had an ex-boyfriend who had a really annoying friend named Steve. <laughs> And we became friends over how much we just, like, hated Steve's. And she's like, what's the deal with Steve's? And I was like, I know! Yeah, and now we're friends. I wonder, I mean, not that I want to talk about names the entire time, but I think there is something to, like, the vibe of the name. Like, uh-huh. Simon, I you know, I don't remember, I remember, I, so it was interesting because I, I met, and I knew you through the period of this book, right? Yeah, so you met like, Simon. I met Simon. I don't remember his real name, but I'm like, that is so a good fitting name for who he is. <laughs> like, I don't remember him. I mean, I remember him. I don't remember his name. Um, his real name was Matthew. Okay. His real name was Matthew. I feel like Simon is even a better fit. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, I feel more of an olive than my real name. Yeah. Sometimes you just have like a better, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense for who you became like, yeah, as a yeah. person. Cool. Um, yeah. So it was really interesting uh, seeing all these moments because I, I remember the time you're going on 20 dates in 30 days. Uh, well, all of these things, the cuddling stuff, but like it would be kind of like a thing you'd mention in passing yeah. when I'd see you. And then, oh, here's the story that was going on. Um, and yeah, I felt there's many points where I really felt moved. And, and it was just it was so interesting because I knew the facts already, but to read it again Thank you. It was great. Um, so I, I was wondering, as I, on the writing process, 
obviously you're writing about your real life. Mm-hmm. How and you couldn't really plan what was going to happen, obviously, before you wrote it. Yeah. For the most part, but how much did you structure the book around like storytelling arcs, or did it kind of organically happen? Oh yeah, I would say it was mostly. I mean, I think I think I said yes to stuff I wouldn't have said mm-hmm. yes to, like the BDSM class, yeah. like oming, like things yeah. things that you and I did. Um, because I was maybe looking for a story, mm-hmm. but I was never ever trying to create a story. Mm-hmm. Like I was never like, oh, I'm going to go to this thing and then I'm going to write this thing, and if I do this thing and say this thing, um, there was stuff that I'd planned to put in the book in the original proposal that didn't happen. So I was supposed to go to, like, a furry party. I was supposed to um, contact a matchmaker. Uh And my real life just didn't work out that way. Uh And then there was stuff that ended up happening in the book that I, uh, like, cuddling. Uh Had never put in the original proposal. I didn't think was going to happen. And as I was going through the journey, people like, I hate the word journey, but as I was going through the process of writing, people like you and and other friends would be like, oh, you should really go to this thing or you should check out this thing. Uh And then suddenly you're at a squirting lab in Brooklyn. You didn't even know that existed, uh-huh. you know? And then you're like, okay. Um, and then some of the book, I'd say, and I'm, I'm sure you noticed this when you read your chapter, like 20% is a little bit fictionalized right. for the sake of a story. Right. Right. So, so some of the detail, minor details are changed. Um, yeah. It was interesting because I was in that class uh-huh. and I remember, like, I, I remember most of the people you're talking about. I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's a description. I know what you're talking about. Like, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. the, the blue eyed dude. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. About- we're, we're, we're not close, but he's like a friend of a friend. Or oh, he's really? dating someone. It, we're connected. So I know him. But yeah. It's interesting. But you didn't know what he said, right? I didn't know what he said, but I, when he said when he, when I read what he said, I was like, I could see him saying that. Yeah. He basically <laughs> said for anybody listening, he was like, I want to fuck you. Like, yeah, it was really aggressive. <laughs> yeah. But also, I mean, it could have been indicative of, you know, in hindsight, in, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, it could have been indicative of where I was at in my journey at that time. Like, that was like my first thing yeah. I'd ever done. And that was, that, that was within the parameters of the exercise. Yeah. So, like, like, he was, he like, letting was, it out. He wasn't wrong you know uh you're not wrong (laughs) but uh he yeah and I was like I hadn't had sex in five years at that point in time I'm at a BDSM class like scared out of my mind and he was pretty deep in that stuff that's like maybe his 20th workshop like that yeah so 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 you know and he was being a dom and Mm -hmm. which I still I'm still like a little uncomfortable like subbing Mm -hmm. so I could see you know so yeah a lot of my book is like, and I try to be clear about this. When people try to like paint me as like an expert, I'm like, I'm not an expert. Like this is purely from the lens of like my own experience. Yeah. Like let's be very clear yeah. on that, you know? But I'm sure it's helped a lot of people. Like I think the stories are sometimes so much more useful than the expert opinion. Yeah, I think I think that's part of why I wrote a book. I think this is probably um, probably why you're writing a book mm-hmm. too. It's like we really believe that we can help people by sh- sharing some of our stories. Yeah. Um. And I do think there's a lot of value in people seeing you kind of bumble through it because mm-hmm. they can relate to that. It's like, oh, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many uh, did uh, unintentionally celibate people or people figuring out things like reach out to you a lot? A lot. Yeah, yeah. A lot, actually. It's it's really it's something that you have to remember um, because, you know, you're at it, you, you anytime you release a work of art, you're always like hoping something's like 
kind of dramatically change, right? Mm-hmm. And when you release your first book and you can't buy a beach house, <laughs> and you release your second book and you still can't buy a beach house, <laughs> or quit your job, uh, or even buy fancy sandwiches, um, you, what, what really keeps you going, I'm saying this to you as somebody also writing mm-hmm. a book, um, you know, you get a lot of messages from people who are like, your, your work really meant something to me and it really helped me. Mm-hmm. I had a friend visit recently and she's running for political office. Hmm. She's running for political office in her town. And she was like, it was after I read your book. And I was like, no way. Like she got the courage to? Yeah. She was oh. like, I just was like tired of like my life was so status quo and I was so tired of it. Bob can go to a sorting lab. Yeah, basically. run for mayor. Basically. <laughs> she was just like, my marriage was kind of, her marriage was suffering hmm. a little bit. So she's like, you know, I approached my husband about what to do about my marriage or what to do about our sex life. She was like, and then I was like, I'm running for office. <laughs> so that's that, yeah. Sweet. Uh, I was also asking about the, um, like, I've been reading, maybe I've been reading too many books about writing books, but, like, have you heard of Save the Cat? Or, mm-hmm. like, like those kind of structures yeah. where you have the 15 beats. And, like, your book, I don't know, I was wondering how much of your book was intentionally fitting that. Because I noticed, like, especially with the Simon story, like, everything kind of fit in the right, like, like an arc. It could have been, it could have been yeah. fiction painted that way. Was that um, luck, or did you plan those 15 That was beats? a lot of luck. Okay. I have no formal education in writing, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not even as ambitious as you are in reading about writing. Mm-hmm. I've read, like, I'd say two or three, I've read, like, two or three books about writing, but I have no no sort of formal education. I am very lucky that, you know, I've been doing public speaking for, for years, mm-hmm. and um, that also involves, like, a story arc. Yeah. So I do understand the elements of like, how do you create a good story? So when I was trying to figure out which chapters went there, you are very, you have to be very conscientious of like, you're taking people on a, on an emotional ride mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, I made you laugh. Now I'm going to hit you in the gut, but now I got to relieve that. Uh-huh. Now I got to bring in this old character. So yeah, it, uh, it was a lot of luck. A lot was there of anything life. switched around? Because I don't really remember your life that. But I was like, I think that happened before that. Oh yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah. A lot, a, a lot of the narrative was moved to make sense in terms of a story. Yeah. Um, the beginning was the beginning, and the mm-hmm. end was the end. Mm-hmm. But the middle, it was like, okay, it doesn't make sense that I did this before this. So you got to move a few yeah, things. I guess no one really cares. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's probably the first time I said it out loud. Okay. What is your book about? I was about my time in the sex cult. I, and I'm asking you about the the, the structure because that's been the hardest part. Like the scenes I remember, the things I remember, but like, how do I put it in a, an order that makes sense? Let me help you. Okay. Let me help you. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy. You hook mm-hmm. the attention. Mm-hmm. You gotta form an emotional connection. Yeah. You go on the roller coaster. You're like, yeah, I know. I read Save the Cat. Yeah, okay. no, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just reiterate Save the Cat for okay. you. I'll just redo the back of that. I'm excited for your book though. Thanks. Because yeah. your your time in the sex cult is fascinating. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's been yeah. It's been hard to. I, I mean, I'm sure I'm gonna cut out a lot of like darlings that another literary term. A lot of writing term. Like I'm gonna cut out a lot of things that I think are important, but it wouldn't, wouldn't make sense if it told every single thing. You know. Yeah. I I have a chapter in this book. I sent it to a friend, and she was just like twenty pages too long. And I people are always like, "Kill your darlings." that must be hard as a writer. And Uh I'm like, no, it's fucking great because you're sleep deprived and you're trying to finish a book and you're like 20 pages. I don't have to edit. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, right. And left like, like don't need this shit. Don't need this shit. Because you're on a deadline from your publisher. Yeah. Okay. But even just in general, like 
cutting shit means you don't have to edit it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make it work. Yeah. And the minute you can accept that, it's no longer a darling. You're just like, bye. I should probably look at it that way. I yeah. Guess, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this story's a fun story. Doesn't belong here. Bye. <laughs> so yeah. you, how far along are you? Um, I've rewritten so many things, maybe too many times, but I think as far as like what I feel good about, like maybe 20%. So. Yeah, same in the first chapter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have nothing. The first chapter I feel good about. I, I feel good about the opening and the closing. It's again, and I, that was a huge thing. I just like, this year I decide on the opening and closing. And I'm, mm. Now I'm like, what goes between? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sweet. So uh, how has dating been since the book? This, oh my God, this question has come up a few times, been on a few podcasts, and it's really hard to answer because... After the book ended, I, so, you know, everything that happened in the book happened two years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago, some of it. Yeah. Right. And, um, I ended up being in like a long-term, really healthy, really wonderful, my first ever monogamous, like long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the one in the book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was at the end of the book mm-hmm. and it was just like everything you would want a relationship to be like made me feel like beautiful and loved and cared for and um um really just I never had a healthy functional relationship like I didn't know what that felt like to be loved and cared for um and ultimately he wasn't my he wasn't the right person for me forever mm-hmm. so we and so we ended that and since then um I've been kind of very single and it's so weird to talk I'm going on a long rant about this, but it's oh. been it's been so weird to talk about it after the book because, you know, in, in personal development, people always want you to like reach this like it's like you've reached the Mecca. Right. And you're like, now you've made it and you've like figured everything out. And you know, life's not like that. Like you learn something and some years you're like really good and you're really happy and healthy. And then like the next year you're like, Fuck, how did I get here again? And then Yeah, so that's a very long-winded way of saying I'm very single. Gotcha. Has <laughs> single dating, kind of celibate. Has dating been easier since all the things you learned? Or has it been harder even with, like, your awareness of things? That, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the bar was raised. Mm-hmm. So with in, in the book, the book ends with a guy named Jamie. The bar was kind of raised in terms of, like, okay, this is what I accept now. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of priorities... Um, I'm now looking for like a long-term partner. Mm -hmm. I want to have a family. I want to start a life. So like, I'm not fucking around anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, I still, my, I still haven't met my person. How is, I mean, does your book come up in, on first dates often? Oh my God. Yes. I actually, there was a guy I'm kind of like chatting with that I met through the Facebook dating app. You've been on this app. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. It's like the wild west. It's so weird. How so? It's because like, it is the wild west. They just serve you everybody. There's okay. like no, like they haven't figured out any sort of like pairing algorithm. Oh, so it's is it a swipey thing like Tinder or how does it um? Work? You can like somebody. Uh-huh. You like see three pictures. They can answer some questions. Uh-huh. You can put preferences around like age and height, okay. <laughs> and like has kids or doesn't have kids, and um, then they just like serve you basically everyone ever. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and it's kind of weird. It's kind of fun, too, because you're just like, oh, really? Is it location-based? Sort of. Okay. So it's same city, at least? Be, it's supposed to be, but then it'll serve me people in, like, 
Massapequa. Massachusetts, Ma- Ma- yeah, Massapequa. Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's in Long Island. It's not that far away. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, "Why are you serving?" <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky. What? Sorry if you're from Long Island and you're listening to this. I guess that makes more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I guess it is location based. <laughs> but but not. I mean, it's, you can't just like go out for a coffee with someone in Massapequa. It's a bit of a drive. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really does feel like the Wild West. Like, you're just getting served people, like... Uh-huh. And uh, have you met with any of these Wild West people? Oh, this is why this came up. Um, I'm meeting... I have a date with one on Monday. It is currently a Saturday, so that's two mm-hmm. days away. Um, I'm saying for a podcast. Yeah, 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 if no, you're no. listening. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, there's one guy. We kind of started talking only because he's from Ohio and I'm uh-huh. from Ohio. I'm probably going to wind back up in Ohio. So I was like, yay, someone who already would be interested in moving back to Ohio with me. Uh-huh. Um, and he was like, he was like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm a writer. And he was like, oh, I was like, I'll tell you on our date. And he was like, oh, no, now I have to know. And I was like, no, seriously, I'll tell you on our date. And he was like, oh, it'll take me two seconds to figure it out. And he was like, found you. <laughs> and I was like, ah. Wait, oh, because you can see each other's Facebook profile and you match? Is that? He it? could see that my name was Olive. And I think I had like a picture of me in my book. Oh, like, so you're, you're, oh, you're Olive, Olive on Facebook. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, okay, right, right. So he found the book and there's like somebody posted a picture of the squirting chapter under a review. Okay. And he was like, can we talk about squirting? And I was like, oh, my God, we don't even know each other. And now we're trying to have a conversation about squirting. And he keeps asking me questions. He's like, oh, but why did you? But wait, were you really celibate for that long? And I was like, bro, can we not talk about my book? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh-huh. I'm just like, I don't know you. I don't want to be talking about squirting with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does it, like, bring out the pervs because they think they can talk to you about it? No, but I think it gives people this false sense of knowing you uh-huh. and they're like what well, you're public about this like you wrote a book about this yeah. like and so they have this idea this this idea that they know you and therefore they they can cross the boundary of you know like normal social boundaries where you would like reserve kind of you know squirting, squirting conversations yeah. <laughs> people just cross that threshold a little easier uh-huh. and in some ways i'm so grateful for that because people come to me for advice right. and they're like but in terms of dating, I think I'm like a little bit shyer than people think. Mm-hmm. And a little bit, I think people think I'm not reserved at all. And mm-hmm. you know me, I actually am like yeah. a little bit reserved yeah. and kind of awkward about those things. I think most writers are and people don't realize that. Like you say all this stuff on the internet and then like, yeah. why aren't you, why aren't you the life of the party? It's like, that's why I write on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I think I am the life of the party. Okay. Sorry. No. I didn't mean to. So this is funny. I wonder if you've ever experienced this. I have had an experience where I've met people who followed me online uh-huh. and met me in person and were just sorely disappointed. I've gotten some version of that of like, I thought you were way less awkward and more outgoing. <laughs> like, I've gotten that from a lot. Especially, uh, especially women who I went on a date with who saw my videos before they met me. They're like, you're a different person. I don't know, I guess I have a persona that I don't really, you know, we might have talked about this when we yeah. had a show together, but. I, yeah, you get that. It's so, it's so interesting because it's like, you can almost see their disappointment sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know who's disappointed a lot? Um, women. Like, I meet women who will uh-huh. follow me. And then I, looking at you as like a champion of confidence or something? I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's the thing is, I don't know what they're expecting and I don't know how I'm showing up. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm like, 
this is when I used to just meet everyone ever. Uh-huh. And so, like, you'd squeeze people in at, like, 9 p.m. for coffee, and you're, like, tired, and uh-huh. you're not showing up your best self. Yeah. And this is a person you don't know, and yeah. they're expecting you to be some sort of, like, on. Yeah. And you're like, I just worked 10 hours at my day job, and now I'm meeting you for coffee. Like, shame on, I shouldn't have scheduled uh-huh. that, but. I had one of those, like, a few days ago. It was a guy I met briefly in, uh, well, I don't know. He, he's been following me online for a year and he met up and he wanted to have all this deep conversation and he was a nice guy and he was, but it was him talking 98% of the time and I didn't really get why he wanted to talk to me, but I think he just had this idea of me, which is based on social media. Yeah. So. Maybe he just needed a sounding board. I guess so. But I was like, I was like trying to like, like when you're in the <laughs> office and trying to stay awake. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had one, I had a date like that recently too. It was like 90%. He was talking about him, and you just want to be like, but I'm interesting, too. <laughs> but yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, I get what you're saying about the, the – the, right? Because, like, I don't – I got – I used to talk about the cult stuff with people a lot, and I used to like it because I think I needed to talk about it. But now I cringe when someone introduces that about me, and, like, someone's going to ask me the same 20 questions I get, and, like, yeah. I this percept – yeah, I get it. Um, I, I love it. Like, I love – it feels weird to say fans. I, I, I so appreciate people who follow and appreciate my work mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. And then, but it is, it is such a weird experience when you feel like you're disappointing someone just by like being you. <laughs> <laughs> just by like showing up as you are, you yeah. know? Or I, I think it's like, yeah, because they think they know you. Yeah. And you, you think yeah. maybe they know you too, because you're not, you're not being fake on, on stuff. Yeah. It's, just, it's a different side of you or it's a part of you. Yeah. But that's like. You know, the human condition, like, you're not always going to, like, sometimes you're just tired. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, sometimes you're just not, there, there, there have been times where I showed up and I was, like, charming and great, uh-huh. and then there have been times where I'm, like, and then I think you don't realize, too, you're just, like, oh, this person is a stranger. Right. Yeah. Like, you're just showing up, like, you're, like, I, I got to learn about you, and you got to learn about me, and that takes effort, uh-huh. and that feels like a lot of work right now. Yeah. You know? Have you found this? I don't know if you've spoken about this before, like with because you teach public speaking as well. Yeah. Uh, with speaking and mingling, they're totally two different things, right? At least that's what I feel. Like do like speaking as in performing. Like, like yeah, I've always felt like if I ever give a talk or something, I I know how to do that and I feel comfortable. And then afterwards, people are mingling and they expect me to be like I was when I was speaking, and I'm like really nervous in mingling situations. Oh yeah, you know I have a theory about this because. I think when you speak, you, okay, this is my theory. Sometimes I'm really good at it. Sometimes I'm like the bell of the ball. Like I give a talk and then I meet everybody and I'm like, I feel so happy and on. And sometimes I give a talk and there was like a lot of vulnerability in the talk. And you're feeling like a little bit, this is for me at least, like a little bit exposed. Mm -hmm. And it feels okay to be like seen like that on a stage. Yeah. But then you're up close in person and it's like, oh, I just gave, I just showed my whole heart to you and now you're asking me about sandwiches and I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a little shy. Yeah. Like it's not. I, yeah. That, that, I think that, that resonates. Yeah. yeah it's so. just like a little shyness and I think people don't expect you to feel shy, but you're like, I just, I just literally like had this very emotional moment uh-huh. talking about my sex cult or talking about, you know, like being celibate and now I'm having a normal conversation with you. Yeah, I do feel a little bit shy, which is, I think, is what people don't expect. Yeah, yeah. This funny thing happened yesterday. Um, so last year, I gave a talk in Miami. It's like a group of men on dating and stuff, mm-hmm. whatever. And there was this one guy in the audience. He was like very, had a very memorable face. And he had like this like 
he looked like he looked angry and like upset and like sour faced the whole time and the whole time i was like trying not to look at him he was yeah, making yeah. me nervous anyway uh he happened to be from brooklyn i didn't know that he happened to and i was going to a jujitsu class in brooklyn yesterday morning and he happened to be in it and uh he was the most friendly like he was like i loved your talk it really helped me and this is a year ago and I was like, you, I was literally avoiding looking at you and like the whole talk. It was like so random and serendipitous. Oh, can I tell you something I've learned from public speaking? Mm-hmm. Those people almost always are getting the most value. Hmm. The, yeah, it's been such a weird, this has been, this has happened to me a million times too. You're giving a talk and somebody looks like they're super not into it. Yeah. And they're always the ones that come up like afterwards, like crying. And I had a revelation that like, Oh, they're going through it. Like they're really hitting your message is really hitting them in some sort of way. Yeah. And it's coming out on their face. And it's the perception for us is like anger, disinterest. (laughs) Yeah. But they're really like they're really getting the message. Mm -hmm. I had a I had a public speaking class once and I had a woman, Barbara. Is that (laughs) her real name? Yeah, that that is her real name. Her name is Barbara. And she just was like halfway through the class, she was like, I can't do this. She's like, I need a break. And I was like, okay, like no problem. I was like, you know, Barbara, go outside, and and then she comes back in, and basically she's just like, at the end of the class, we did this exercise where you had to say, like, you had to write a note card of nice things about yourself, and you had to write a note card of, like, other stories you're telling yourself, and we mm-hmm. had to figure out what story you're leading with, and she just couldn't write a single nice thing about herself, mm-hmm. and it was, like, really sad, and then she started crying, and then at the end of the workshop we did, we had to, everyone had to go around, and they had to say something nice about somebody else in the workshop and people were like Barbara you know like you left and you came back and you stayed and you committed to yourself Mm -hmm. and like people had like nice things to say about Barbara (coughs) and Barbara was like I'll let you know you really made space for me to just like be me and Mm -hmm. like and and really like come into the class and she was like and I feel really good and and it was just like the whole time I'd been cursing out Barbara because I was like Barbara's ruining my class (laughs) you know I'm like oh she's making everybody else feel awkward Uh, you know as a facilitator and Barbara like got the most out of the class and she was like probably like the one person who really like it was like life-changing for her yeah anyway yeah yeah I mean it's it's a lot of learning to not think take things personally yeah Yeah. and like people's faces aren't always aren't always right (laughs) Um, reflecting I'm curious I want to know what you felt when you read your chapter um I was very curious because I you sent me I think maybe by accident you sent me an older version of the chapter where where I was named Rohan I think you're oh I think you were sending it to me maybe I was asking you for book advice and I think you sent me oh you sent me your proposal proposal, and then that chapter was in it and um it only had a piece of it I knew that was gonna be written about more I was like "Uh, I don't know I mean not that I thought anything bad but when I read it, I was like, oh, I mean, this is, I don't it felt very accurate. And, <laughs> and, um, yeah. It know. was before we were friends, too. Mm-hmm. So you got to think from that, like, lens. Like, so in the chapter, I'm describing how, like, awkward, awkward it is. No, no. <laughs> you didn't call me awkward. And it's like, oh, actually, there's a point in the book where you wrote that I expected him to be a lot more charming and social or something. Well, you got to keep in mind that this was before we were friends. Uh-huh. And the first time I'm really meeting you, I'm scared out of my mind because mm-hmm. you're about to, like, rub my clitoris for, like, <laughs> 10, you know, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. <laughs> like, we're doing this really intimate, weird thing together. And at that time, I was told it wasn't intimate. Uh-huh. And trying to process, like, you know, trying to process that and trying to process you. I think, in hindsight, I'm actually really glad you didn't show up being like, hey, how are ya? You know, because... 
that would have made it seem like less authentic in some ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I don't totally remember it, but it was like, I just know at that point I had done it so many times. There's just like another thing, obviously. Yeah. But also I, uh, also like the whole thing, the way they teach it is to make sure you're not adding anything yeah. that could be confusing. And then also with someone new, I wanted to make sure uh, it was clear that this is like not a thing, you know? Yeah. And I think I wrote in the yeah. book that, like, before before Ruan even showed up, because I was, like, so celibate at that time, I was having a moment where I was like, maybe we'll fall in love. <laughs> like, I don't even know you at right. this point, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, here's this random dude, but maybe. Right. Because that's where I'm at in my life then. Like, everybody was, like, a possibility. And then you showed up, and you made it very clear, which in hindsight is so great. In the first five minutes, like, this is not a thing. Mm-hmm. This is just like transactional yeah. in some sort of way. Yeah. I think it was really great. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, everything about like where I was in it, it was like, okay, cool. Cool. Well, okay. some of it was embellished too. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> like everybody's like a little bit. A character. A, yeah. Caricature. Yeah. yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like some people, some people it's like they're, they're, they're spot on. Uh-huh. But almost everybody, it's like a little exaggerated. Uh-huh. I was also wondering um, if anyone who read the book found the number of names like hard to keep track of. I felt like I could because I knew some of these people. Was that was that, was that ever a thing? Oh, I don't know. I mean, okay. I feel like that's feedback people aren't going to tell me. Okay. <laughs> so maybe. Well, because that's been a concern of mine with my book is like, I probably have the same number of characters, but I was like, oh, like, I did it. Okay. Maybe it's okay to have this many people. I don't know. That's a great question. We'll ask your listeners. If you read the Coitus Chronicles, yeah. is the number of names distracting? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we should. I feel like we should live stream for good old times. Yeah. We'll, we'll ask people we'll, that. Let's do, let's do a live stream. Now. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so like, just for the, for the good old times. Yeah. So I know that you're, you're not putting yourself as an expert or anything, but I'm, people are reaching out to you. Have you thought about doing something that's maybe more actively helping people? who could be helped by this kind of story? No, actually. (laughs) I mean, I think I'm getting away. I think, I think I'm going to get away from writing about sexuality. Uh It was really important for me to write about for this book. And it's still important to me because it's still something that it's still something I'm uh, struggling with Mm -hmm. in some sort of way. Um, But I don't feel as passionate about like sex education. Mm -hmm. I was thinking even more like, women's empowerment or that's very personal development word, but like confidence for women. Like this is like one spoke. Yeah. I am thinking about, I have, I have two friends. We're we're, we're thinking about actually like pitching a TV show based on um, helping people like feel more confident. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm working on my next book, which is actually um, young adult fiction. Okay. Um, So yeah, I, I think the idea of helping people feel more confident plays a huge role in my life uh I teach classes around it right Mm -hmm. so I do teach like public speaking I do Mm -hmm. teach um classes like for women Mm -hmm. um I I'm not qualified to teach I think anything about like sex yeah I don't think yeah yeah yeah. it's like that's not and I I have so many friends who are friends like you and and other friends who are passionate about like sexuality education Mm -hmm. and I don't feel that same passion so Mm -hmm. I can recognize like that's not Mm -hmm. the right arena for me um but yeah I'm definitely not done helping people that's like Mm -hmm. a core component of why I make art you know yeah yeah I was wondering if you would ever get into like directly teaching classes on 
I don't know. Well, I guess you do with the public speaking and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I teach a lot of classes on, I think my area of expertise is communication. Mm-hmm. So I teach, um, I've taught, I used to teach a class called Unhumble. Mm-hmm. And it was about like taking up space and like body language. And um, oh my God, I'm just remembering because you're smiling. You gave me a shirt once. Uh, that said, unhumble as fuck. Uh, no, it said humble, oh, humble as, as fuck. Yeah. Humble as fuck. <laughs> and I remember at the time you gave it to me, I had kind of a weird reaction to uh-huh. it. Because I thought humility was a better quality than I do now. You thought humility was a better quality? I, ju- I, I, I thought like being humble was like... The best thing? Yeah, and yeah. now I'm just like, fuck being humble. Like, Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. That shirt was funny for like a minute. And I'm like... My old business partner sells a box of like three hundred of them. It's like the the as fuck thing afterwards is like not funny. It's like anymore. you know, it's but. funny how we like change ideas. Change. Yeah, like you have yeah. an idea and you're like, who I was two years ago is not who yeah. I am now. Yeah. Actually, wait, have you seen? There's a meme that's like hell is hanging out with yourself from four years ago. Uh, no, but yeah, <laughs> right. I was like, truer words have never yeah. been spoken. Gosh, um, so. So what about the so dating advice? Is that because like so our show wasn't really dating advice, but we kind of explored dating topics. Is that something you think you'll dabble in more? Um, I I mean, no. no. Okay, <laughs> that that chapter's complete. No, it's not complete. But I, you know, I went on a date recently, and the cops came on my date. Just and like to hang out. No, like the cops came because my date like skipped his cab fare. It was like a whole thing. On the way to see you? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. So six cops came in. That's a lot of cops for one cab fare. It was a lot of cops. Well, that's the story he told me. Like, I don't know what the real fucking story was. Uh-huh. Anyway, the bartender kicked him out of the bar. Uh-huh. And it was like a whole thing. Yeah. And so everybody. Was this like, a random Facebook person? No. Um, no, we met him through OkCupid. Okay. okay. There were red flags. Okay. Like he sent me long rambling like video messages. Okay. I should have known there were red flags, but I didn't. And so, yeah, the cops come on my date, and I post on Facebook, of course, about it. And everybody's like, "Ha ha, so funny!" Third book. And I was like, "Yeah, I really just want to meet someone and like not have to be writing a rambling Facebook <laughs> post about you know. I just yeah. want to like meet someone in the story. It's like, why well, I met someone, uh-huh. and he's like amazing, and I'm like really happy." And now I'm writing a fiction book about other people's lives, you know? <laughs> what, I just might be, you might be answering already, but um, what prompted the move to fiction? Yeah, I'm, I'm just tired of writing about my life. Like, okay. I'm, I think there's so much value in writing about and sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was kind of, I had a moment where I was like, I realized I like drama. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I'm just tired of drama in my own life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, how can I still have a little bit of drama? Uh-huh. But it's not me. Yeah. So it's like, I'll, re- I'll make it up. Have you seen the Between Two Ferns movie? You ever watch Between Two Ferns? No. It's like Alphanakis. No. Like, he's like a, he's, he's himself, but it's like a fake version of himself. That's like obviously humorous. Anyway, um, I was like, that's interesting to like play a different version of yourself. Like if Olive became like an actual different person that you just created stories for. I don't know. Oh, that's, oh, that's kind of an interesting idea. Yeah. I, I, I can't fathom that though, because my... My entire, I want to say like brand, but my entire philosophy in creating art is like speaking a truth. Uh-huh. So like I would never ever like present a story that was fictional as like my truth. Does that make sense? You okay. know what I mean? And like people 
know you as Olive. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. S- something else. For two other fruits that. <laughs> Pers- uh, banana orange. <laughs> it's the best I can come up with right now. Hello, my name is banana, banana orange. orange. Cool. So what's next for you? It's, uh... Yeah, so I'm working on a fiction book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about two teenagers. Mm-hmm. It's all the, all the good stuff. Love, drama, death, God. Um, Have you seen Love, Death, and Robots? Or Love? No. Netflix? Okay. Maybe it's my book. Okay. Oh, no, <laughs> shit. No, no, Somebody already wrote this book. book. It's a science fiction book. Um, so. so I'm working on that book. And then um, trying to pitch a, a TV show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, trying to figure out my next move. Mm-hmm. Do I stay? Do I go? Do I move to Thailand? Live with my friend Ruan? Join oh. a, do I join a sex call? <laughs> write about it? I, I don't know. So many options. Yeah. Uh, so I know you're not, you're not getting into the advice type thing, but has there any, I mean, when people reach out to you about maybe their struggles with sexuality, has there been any common thing that you've shared with them beyond your book or a perspective that you've learned? Um, I think the most important thing, when I say don't give advice, let me be clear. I'm always happy to offer my meandering opinion on, <laughs> on anything, uh-huh. on sandwiches, the weather. Sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just don't want you to take my opinion as like the gospel. Right. <laughs> like I'm just another person offering my opinion. Um, that being said, I think the most common problem that people have honestly is just communication. Mm-hmm. People just do not know how to communicate with their partner. And we are just not raised to communicate honestly and vulnerably with people we're having sex with. Yeah. Which if you think about it, it's such a mindfuck. Like we're doing this like crazy intimate thing and we just don't know how. And so that's usually where I tell people to start. I'm just like, have you had a conversation with your partner about these things you want to try? You know, like how do you open up that conversation? Mm -hmm. Do you ever give them... Uh, tactics is probably not the best word, but like, like with someone's like, how do you actually break down that for them? Oh yeah. I think yes, no, maybe list is the easiest entryway mm-hmm. into dialogue about sex. Yes, no, maybe list. And there's one on my website, olivepersimmon.com. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it. You got to do it when you're, when you create content, you got to get the plug. Um, basically it's just a list. You know what a yes, no, maybe list is. It's, it's just a list of things that you might want to try. You might not want to try. Sexually. Sexually, yeah. yeah. And then on – so the one on my website, we also added – it's yes, no, maybe. And then we added nuances and aftercare. Mm-hmm. So nuances and notes. So you can add like a note like I want to try BDSM. The note is only interested in, you know, yeah. doming, mm-hmm. aftercare, need to cuddle, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's a good way for any anybody who's having sex, whether you're like – I don't want to say beginner level, whether you never had this conversation mm-hmm. before or you've had this conversation with 15 partners, um, you know, you print out the list, you do the list, your partner does the list, and it just opens the gateway to be safe enough to say, oh, wow, you pagan. So that might be a thing, <laughs> you know, or to be like, I don't know what pegging is. Let's Google it. Huh, that if you don't know what pegging is, there's a great video that Olive made, <laughs> Olive and I made in 2016. Is it still around? It's, I reposted it to Instagram a few months ago. So it's on my Instagram. I feel like if we ever try to become politicians, that's going to be the video. <laughs> I, politics is not in the cards for me. Yeah, yeah. Me neither. <laughs> I already wrote two books about yeah. this. Like, me neither. Um, uh, it was, oh, yeah. So. 
I remember in the in the BDSM class, which is the first chapter of the book, uh, and I remember in life knowing you, you were kind of like averse to the subbing part. We found that you kind of like the doming thing, or like with that and like other things. Did you find your interest changed over the course of the story? All right now, like for instance, now are you into different things in BDSM, or do you find out you not like it, or other oh, things? Oh yeah, I'm definitely into stuff. I, you know, it's about opening your mind and 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 trying shit you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into a lot more. Like, there's some weird stuff I never thought I'd be into. Like? Someone brought up some just, like, really interesting sex stuff the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I could see that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can say what it is, though. <laughs> no, it's like real. Okay, so my friend runs a sex podcast, and they had somebody on talking about, like, golden showers. Okay. And I was like. Which is peeing on someone. Yeah, peeing on someone. He was like, I'm totally never going to be into that. And I was like, eh, I would try it. And I think me, like, four years ago would have been like, I would, I'm never trying that. It's not my thing. And then I'm like, okay, like, if someone really wanted to try that, like, sure, fine. Wait, giving or receiving? Giving. This goes back to the doming. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's still, that's still the thing. That, that hasn't changed Yeah, I'm interest. still, I think I'm still somebody who prefers Control. sexually, yeah, dominating. I think that's, I've never, I've never had a partner, I think, where I, like, felt, maybe I could have done it with, with my last partner but we didn't it's weird because i explored all the sex stuff and then with my last partner we like kind of explored the surface mm-hmm. but we didn't go like deep into some of the stuff um so i don't what know what do you think that is i don't know honestly i think ultimately this is the most honest answer i can give you we started out in the beginning we explored a lot of stuff we went to like sensation play classes and we like bought fun toys. And I think ultimately, ultimately your body knows sometimes what you can't be honest with yourself, which is that somebody's not your right person. Oh. So I think sometimes like you just know, you know, in your heart of hearts that somebody's not your forever person. And I think mm-hmm. I knew that pretty early on. And that prevented you from wanting to try I I think stuff. your body starts huh. shutting down in some ways. Like Interesting. You, and so for me, like towards the end, we weren't having a lot of, we were having a lot of sex in the beginning. We were mm-hmm. having like really good, amazing sex. Mm-hmm. And like, we felt comfortable and natural with each other. And towards the end, like, I just didn't really want to have sex. And like, we do it occasionally. And, and it felt like a chore to me. And I think that was honestly because my heart was trying to like get out of it. You know, yeah. I was just like, you're not my person anymore. Yeah. And I think your body knows, I think your body knows before anything else knows. Right. Like before your brain can be honest yeah. and your heart can be honest, your body's like, oh, we're done. <laughs> kind of, you know, and it's so, it's so hard because you don't, you don't want that to be the case, but mm-hmm. I think that was just the case. And so, yeah. Hmm. Have you, okay. Uh, yeah, it was interesting hearing that because I, I find that um, women expect me to do crazy things, especially with the stuff I post on Instagram. And yeah, Instagram. yeah, of course. And like, I really like vanilla sex. And when I love someone, that's kind of what I want to do. Like, yeah. I like missionary. I like regular things. Like, I don't. And I think I, actually, there's another disappointment thing. I think some women have been like this. Yeah, I think disappointed that I didn't do more crazy things. I kind of just like regular sex most of the time. I'm so happy yeah. you said that because mm-hmm. I get this too. People are always like, "Oh, you're crazy," and I'm like. <laughs> well I mean we could get like sure maybe we could do that eventually but it's yeah. like some level of trust has to be like yeah it's not like we're magicians and we're like whipping like tricks out of the bag of like 
<laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I think also, I mean, if I'm really honest with myself, I think there is, all, of course, a performative aspect. Yeah. Or like when I'm with someone the first time, there's the excitement of strangers and there's the excitement of maybe impressing her. And when like we get close, I don't know, I like with Shibari, I, I'm really into it. Mm -hmm. But like when I'm really in love with someone, we feel really connected. I, it doesn't seem that interesting mm. to me. And I don't know. I don't know if actually, I don't know if it's a thing where like I feel uncomfortable being super dominant with someone I love, whereas with a stranger, it's like easier to go into those roles. I don't know. But can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. A pretty personal question. Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends who are in the sex positive world uh -huh. write about sex or teach about sex are people who struggled with sex in some sort yeah. of way. I myself obviously fall yeah. in that category. Do you think yeah. you fall in that category? Oh, definitely. I don't know yeah. if I, we must. I don't know if we've talked about it, but like I got into it because I had erectile dysfunction when I was twenty three. Oh, I think I did yeah, know this. Because I was so cut off from my emotions and like so yeah. cut off from my body, and a lot of what I was trying to do is like make up for that. It's tied to like my view of self and self esteem and masculinity. So a lot of this was from that. Yeah. And or and a lot of actually the BDSM stuff, and I've seen this almost in every like dom person in BDSM they had some struggle with being dominant in their real life. And mm. like, so like this is a place where they got to explore it and like access it. And, um, so yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I was trying to explain this to a woman who like had this, actually the woman I'm dating that originally had this idea that being submissive was like oppressive or something. And I'm like, no, all of us people who are into doming for the most part, at least what I've seen, like we guys at least got into it because they realized that's what women wanted. And they were just like, Oh, I need to learn how to do this. Like that was the initial mm. thing. And then we learn to enjoy it and stuff. But, like, I don't know any, like, jock, douchey, not jock, douchey asshole who's like, I'm going to do BDSM to oppress women. It's more like, I need to learn this if women are going to like me kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. So, yeah, I definitely had an issue with it. And, like, yeah, I, I really enjoy regular sex now. <laughs> you know, um, I... I feel like we should live stream, like, us just saying that. Like, regular yeah. sex is great. Because I do think people get caught up in the, like, you know, you read my book. Like, mm -hmm. I was so caught up in, like, reverse cowgirl. Yeah. I still <laughs> am, like, a little caught up in reverse cowgirl. Uh, I'm just, like. Why that specifically? I just feel like that's, like, a master move. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like. Maybe I watched some, like, porn when I was, like, 14 or something, and it's, like, weirdly in my subconscious. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just – I like being in control. I like being in control. And I feel like that's, like, a power move. But it's also – it's, a, like, a little less intimate than forward cowgirl because you have to look at them. I don't know. I'm I just wondering. feel like it requires a lot of dexterity. <laughs> like the logistics of it are kind of like complicated more than, you have to be fit and more than regular cowgirl yeah i feel like we might have different images of what this is i feel like it's like maybe i just don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> like draw me reverse cowgirl or uh, okay so it's like, like the, ropes and strings yeah and <laughs> i'm like suspended pinwheels. from the ceiling yeah. i know meat hook like hanging from a meat hook like i don't know yeah, there's something about it that's still kind of... Hmm. I have noticed with uh, women on top positions, every bodies are different. Like, there's some where it just fits better one way, and then, like, some for some reason, ergonomically, it fits the other way. So, I don't know. That's just, that's my take on the cowgirls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it fits, and sometimes it Yeah, yeah. Were you saying something else just now about... Uh, we were talking about regular sex... I don't think so. Okay. Reverse cowgirl, 
uh, regular sex, tra- yeah, bone your showers, bo- your, bo- your body knowing. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I know your relationship history isn't extensive, but I guess maybe more theoretically, those dips. Do you think once you, when your body knows in quotes, is that it for people or? Uh, oh, I'm no expert. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're meandering opinion. Oh yeah, my meandering opinion. I think in some scenarios, yes. In some scenarios, I, I have friends in sexless relationships. I have friends in sexless marriages. And it's easy to look at that as an outsider and see that it's really just he's grown into an apple, she's grown into an orange, and they're no longer compatible. Oh, I love that line. Thank you. Uh, wait, I'm actually, I just, it's like the apple and oranges and fruit baskets. Because like, it's like a cliche, but then you made it fun and new. Anyway, I can't, it's but, it's something to the effect yeah. of he's an apple, you're an orange, you made a nice fruit basket, but not a great pie. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. which which I, I I think about that a lot because I'm like with a lot of people, like my last boyfriend, we made mm-hmm. so much sense as a fruit basket. Like mm-hmm. we were really compatible in so many ways, but we just in some ways were not. Um so I do think for some couples the lack of sex your body is trying to tell you that you're in a relationship that's no longer serving you. However, mm-hmm. however, I do think for some couples, you know, you're just in a rut and yeah. you're not communicating honestly with your partner and you can absolutely overcome that. Yeah. You just have to start communicating. I think for some couples, you you go to therapy and you talk about it. For some couples, they open their relationships. Uh-huh. For some couples, they start exploring. For some couples, it's not about sex. It's about you know, taking care of their children mm-hmm. and not communicating how, how exhausted you feel from yeah. that, you know? So, so I do think the, the answer is for some couples, yes, the lack of sex does mean like your body is trying to send you a message. And for some couples, it just means like there's something else you need to be communicating yeah, about. I definitely see it that way. It's like, uh, if you've, uh, if you've communicated all your resentments and cleared everything and you're connecting and you still don't want to have sex, then maybe that's the end. Yeah. But for, I think for a lot of people, yeah, it's like resentments built up. Yeah. Or, you got something to talk yeah. about, you know, but, but I do think it's still indicative that your body is sending you a message. Yeah. It means something. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't want to have sex for some sort of reason. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, I, I you know, and I'm not great at cat. I'm not into casual sex, you know, mm-hmm. it's about me. And I think that's part of it too. It's just like, I just can't connect if I don't have some sort of like connection. Yeah. And it's important for people to hear both men and women, but like, I guess I'm seeing in a lot of younger women, I know they have this idea that they need to do the casual sex thing. It's like to liberate them. And I think that's true for some people, but it's okay to not be into that. Oh yeah, for, totally. for men, for men too. I mean, there's different stigmas, but I think you and I both. Well, I shouldn't put you in this category, but I, I fully believe in like full on autonomy mm-hmm. of self. And for me, that's exactly what feminism is. Mm-hmm. Feminism means like if you want to go out and fuck like a hundred dudes, great. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, also great. And if you want to stay home and you know make pies, awesome. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be the CEO also awesome yeah. and you should be compensated fairly for that yeah. <laughs> you know and so like for me that's like the you know feminism gets such a bad rep sometimes but like for me feminism is a lot about like autonomy to make a decision that makes sense for you mm-hmm. whatever that decision is if that decision is fucking a different dude every night cool mm-hmm. and if not cool you know 
That's that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Cool. Any any other thoughts uh, you want to share about your book, your journey? No. Um, keep listening to Ruan's podcast. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you get. I gotta do this. You can find my book. Um, I'm just gonna. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm so good at just doing it. Okay. Like if somebody doesn't ask, you got to. You got to hustle, man. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also just a great way to end podcasts. If like, so where can people find out more? But anyway. So go ahead. Out. You can ask. Oh, you ask. <laughs> I won't take away the glory from you. So Olive, how can people find out more about your work? Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> you can find out more on my website. It's olivepersimmon.com. You can buy the book on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, anywhere books are sold. It's called The Coitus Chronicles. Or you can find me on social media, Olive Persimmon on Instagram or Olive Persimmon's Coitus Chronicles on Facebook. Awesome. Okay. Uh, we're about to Facebook Live, so by the time you listen to this, it'll be in the past. But yeah, anyway. All right. <laughs> Adios, folks. Hey. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to catch the rest of my work, go to Rwando.com. Catch me on social media, at Rwando. And please do not forget to subscribe.